Welcome to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I am Jonathan Cook. And I'm Brian Jenkins. As always, and uh, today, Andrew, why don't you introduce yourself? Andrew Smallwood, Director of Sales for Filter Easy. Filter Easy. And he is the guy in the elephant suit today. He is wearing an elephant suit. He has an elephant tie. There are pachydermis. Very distracting. All over the place. All right. We've been talking about property management. We, we, in the very first episode, Brian, we talked about getting into property management, the, the beginning of that situation right at the start. So, Andrew, I'm glad we have you here. It's kind of what we were talking about last night, the, the preventative maintenance. That's, that's key on our minds here because when you're starting to own, like if, you, if you're beginning your property investment portfolio, pitfalls and other traps that people might step into, I think the best thing to start with is is get everything right at the beginning. That way you don't fall into those. That's going to be preventative maintenance is, is key in that, right? Yeah. I mean, on the panel today, the one thing I didn't bring up in regard to maintenance at the, the five-star event here in Memphis, uh, where we're recording live from, actually. Yeah, we are. Hey, so Memphis. Anyways, so. So the thing that I didn't bring up, but part of that maintenance cycle is the you know deferred maintenance, preventive maintenance. How how important that piece is, and if you're if you're talking about lease renewal percentages and how likely is that tenant to renew that lease term? Yeah, not just once, but maybe twice or even three mm-hmm. times, as we see in our case. A large piece of that is that preventive piece. So address the maintenance before it becomes an issue. Exactly. And you don't have to worry about how quickly you respond, and that that's all important. But you don't have to worry about it. You've already taken care of it in advance. And, and that's all key to keeping your properties, making you as much money as they can. Because if, if, if you can't, if you get the renewal, if they if they continue to stay in the property, you don't have to worry about that downtime. You don't have to worry about the turn costs associated with getting a new tenant in there. It, they, they just stay. They're that's happy. Right. My air conditioner never went out because yeah, we're in the side. It's, it's I, hot, man. I had preventative maintenance to keep that going. And what's, what's one of the most expensive systems in the household? Well, we all know it. it's the HVAC system, so so it's vitally important, and uh, we're here to talk about that today. Yeah, we are. All right. So explain filter easy for me. What what is this? Why does AHI Properties? Why are we partnered with you guys? I mean, I know why. Because AHI are professionals. Yeah, we are. And, uh, <laughs> and they 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 take ensuring that properties are well taken care of seriously. Yeah. And so you know, I think that's the the motivation behind the partnership, but to answer your question about what Filter Easy does, we're an air filter subscription delivery company, and uh, what we do specifically for rental properties Mm -hmm. is we ensure the right quality of air filter, the right quantity of whatever the house needs for a single change, and a perfect size is delivered at the exact time that it's needed, Okay, and that solves a lot of the problems that get in the way of air filters getting changed. Okay. Can you expand upon more than just, I mean, that, that sounds great. If you're Joe Blow or, you know, listener number seven or whoever, it doesn't matter. You you hear air filters being changed. I mean, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but explain what, I mean, because I don't think people understand how that is preventive, preventative maintenance. I mean, they, they yeah. might have an yeah, understanding, so but what are in. the statistics? So let's take a moment and dial it into statistically the number of tenants that don't change air filters. All of them. Let's just there. say all of them. And it, I, I'd actually defer to you first, Brian. So I would ask you, in your experience managing thousands of properties over a long period of time, if I were to ask you what percentage of residents change any grade of filter, let's forget the quality for a second, 
but any filter, they're changing it, call it every 30 or 60, maybe even 90 days at least, every time like clockwork during their tenancy with you. What percentage anecdotally would you guess they're doing that? Every time like clockwork, 10%. 10%. I give it a round number. Okay. Sporadically, 15%. Okay. I mean, then sporadically, I think that's, that's probably a lot of just people right. living. Yeah. I, I don't think everybody understands why they're so but There's important. a driver behind the sporadic change, and sure. it's typically a periodic inspection's coming up, yeah. at least renewal inspection. Somebody's going to be in the house, oh, management company's coming, I've got to change the filter. So, Or the other piece of that is, which we get all the time, we have a great after hours on call service, and what happens is one of the checkpoints that we go through is, uh, have you changed your air filter? First question. Yeah. You know, have you checked the thermostat? Have you checked your <clears throat> change your air filter? When did you change it? Uh, do you even know where it is? Uh, we, we do educate them on that process. Sure. But, but back to your point, I would say a safe average for us has been over the years has been 10%. Mm-hmm. So that means 90% don't change it. Aren't doing what you that's, would hope they would do. That's exactly right. Well, why do we hope they do that? Other than just to keep them breathing good, healthy air. Uh-huh. Like, uh, that's, I mean, we know why, but, but explain why. What, the lack of a clean air filter. I mean, I think we can all extrapolate. It's everybody understanding this is about preventative maintenance. We all, we all, I think, have grasped at this point, even if we weren't thinking about it before this episode, oh, okay, it has something to do with the air conditioner. It's going to keep the air conditioner running longer. I mean, mm-hmm. does it, the, I mean, it's an air filter. How much does that actually, Yeah. how much does that affect the air conditioning system? And we, we know it does. I just, I would, how much? Yeah, how much does it? I want to mm-hmm. know, I want... Our listeners to, to really get yeah, and I think there's two points of that point. So you have the home, you have the owner side, yep. the investor owner, and then you have the tenant side. So there's benefits to both parts. Sure. And I think Andrew would agree to that as would you, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we should start on one side of that coin or the other, and then okay. kind of flip it. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with what's most important? Who our listener is right now? Let's start with the homeowner side. Absolutely. Yeah. So. As an analogy that I think helps a lot of people kind of understand this, one thing that we say a lot is that big doors can swing on small hinges. Okay. And if you think about a car, I want, imagine that you're not, your asset that you own is not a home for a second. Imagine that you've got a car, and let's say you have 10 houses, imagine you've got 10 cars. Got it. And as opposed to letting a friend borrow it for a day, uh, you were essentially leasing it to them for a period of a year, two, three, et cetera. And I want you to imagine, you know the oil getting changed is a critical preventive maintenance piece of that, that car running smoothly, specifically the engine. Yeah. And we know, hey, it should be changed every three to 5,000 miles, depends on your oil, some other factors. But typically people do it fairly reliably, certainly more than 10, 15% like Brian just talked about. Yeah. And a big reason is because they have a sticker in the window or a light on a dash, <laughs> et cetera. But it doesn't happen with homes. And so we've essentially got people living in these homes. It's out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't get done. And what's the impact of that for the homeowner or the asset owner? The answer to that question is, actually, I'm going to use a reference here in Memphis. Scott King with okay. Gradient Company here. Great operator. And, and they've got a sample size of a little over 1,500 single-family homes. Okay. And so we looked at what was the maintenance ticket count, sure. the work order count, before Filter Easy. And then what has it been since Filter Easy, where we flip that compliance going from 10% changing it to 10% or less not changing it 
every time. It's a big flip. So it's a big flip. That's essentially what we do. So looking at the after, how far did you wait after after they had started to make that switch? Mm-hmm. So where, where did you see that impact start to occur? So we, we see the needle move within someone's first year okay. of being on the service, which is as the properties are rolling on, tenants typically enroll at the lease signing or renewal signing point. So it typically takes about a year for a full portfolio to come on, right. uh, assuming the tenant is responsible for paying paying for it, and that's the enrollment point. And we will see results even with some within someone's enrollment year. But ultimately, after a full year of being on, we have partners who've been on for two, three years. Here's what we've seen. In places like Boise, Idaho, Andy Props has got, I don't know, 3,500 properties in Boise. He's um, also here. Who's also here. Also on the panel earlier. Yeah, absolutely. He has an Man, Memphis is a fun place, right, guys? That's right. Having a good time in Memphis. <laughs> There's some good people here. So Andy... Uh, I hear Elvis is still alive somewhere. Maybe here. Some, he, we're at Grace Lane. He's still in Airfield. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy ran these numbers, and he reported back the smallest percentage reduction that we've seen from a partner, which is 15% okay. year over year, which is a great result. And part of the reason for that is he's in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. And if you go to Boise in the summer, it's very temperate. You're not having to run the unit a whole lot about to keep the home comfortable. Now, it does get very cold in the winter, and that's where they saw most of their, their reduction. If we look at places uh, in the southeast, like where I live in Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and Alabama, it's brutal in the summer. Yeah. And so we're seeing for operators in Florida, Texas, et cetera, we've got a dozen case studies that hover in around the 30% reduction nice. in year over year. And it can be as much as 40%. And Scott King, I mentioned, one of the higher results that we've gotten a 50% reduction oh, Wow. year over year. Now, I'm curious if that is due to the... Before you guys stepping in and, and, and handling that situation, if that was the, the tenants beforehand, I'm, I'm curious if that was because of the tenants responsibility side versus the ones in Florida. And I'm, I'm curious how much of that was human error beforehand. And, and after. Well, Memphis is a hot city as well. Yeah, you know, so it's Florida. By nature, that's right. The temperatures, even above Birmingham temperatures, are, that's a good point. even though it's north of Birmingham, yeah. we typically see higher temperatures in Memphis than we do in Birmingham. So, but I, I think that's part of it. I think sure. that, um, you know, I, I think implementation, how, you know, how people are living in the home, how they're releasing the vehicle, if you will, back mm-hmm. to that analogy, uh, and caring for it. So I think <clears> all those things come into play. Yeah. So the biggest is, result okay. is the HVAC reduction. Yes. And that, that ultimately comes to a tune. If you look at the average cost of an HVAC repair, yeah. it, as a national average, it comes out to about $328. That's pretty On um, yearly maintenance? $328 is single ticket amount. Oh, okay. And if you look at the some interesting data that would be helpful for people, I think, to know, we got this from one of our, our friends, uh, Property Mail, that does maintenance coordination software. And what we look at is a national average out of 100 homes, how many HVAC work orders are going to be generated? Mm -hmm. And the answer is 40 as a national average. So 40 out of 100. And so we have seen for operators like Brian, you were kind enough to submit some maintenance data and we saw, even before you started working with us, some very strong numbers and some very you know, lower dollar amounts. And I think that's because of other preventive maintenance programs you have. Right. When you're getting on the property, what you're checking, the level of professional that you're using, when they're there. So well, then the, uh, the other side of that is the servicing of the unit. So with the HVAC, the vendor goes out and actually services it a couple times a year. So we, we have a, a strong miss, 
mix of uh, A-class properties and B-class. So that's right. some of those homeowners are more preventative than Absolutely. some of our larger investors that have the, the C-class properties. So, but I would say, you know, going back to kind of, you know, we talked about classifications of yeah. properties earlier episode, but going back to the C-class older home, particularly older systems in, in a lot of cases. Sure. We run into mismatched equipment sometimes mm -hmm. where somebody's bought a rent stabilized product and they slapped, you know, it's like Johnny Cash's song, what is the, where he builds a Cadillac one piece at a time. Oh, God. Yeah. I the name of that one, but it was good. But anyway, it's just mismatching equipment and, and just the efficiencies aren't all there. So, mm -hmm. so it's not going to correct that. But then mm -hmm. the maintenance technician, so if you're coupling these things together long term, you're mm -hmm. going to get that long-term result of lengthening the lifespan of the system, yeah. which costs the investor less. And then we were talking about some of the efficiencies built in for the savings year in and year out against maintenance costs. Absolutely. So I was thinking that the, the 330, I think you said 339-ish, so mm -hmm, that national average, that's that's pretty accurate. If you do anything to the system, just a trip, just sure. to get the technician out to the house, I mean, you're gonna spend somewhere between basically 85 to 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. And back to, when we were talking about the classifications of properties, what we had spoken about, and it, it honestly might be in the next episode, realistically, but the classifications of properties, when you look at a C-class property, being their, their cash flow properties, it's they're, they're not going to necessarily gain the equity that, a, that an A and a B-class might. So the downside of generally, in our case, in most cases, the downside of a C-class property is they generally have more maintenance issues. That's 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 the well. Why would I have any properties that weren't just making me one percent cash flow mm. constantly back? Why can't I have that with an A class property? Well, they're new mm. or almost new. Right. Why can't I do that with a C class property? Well, because they're old. And so you're you're why would you have one or or the other? The reason that that's why you you know diversify your strategies. But this is one way to really positively impact one of the negative portions of a C class property is maintenance cost mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest you know strike against Absolutely. the c-class property yeah well is, i think also so the big thing that i'm looking for you know after we've rolled out with you guys in all five markets and we've got some time on our side to start managing those metrics you know because we're we are averaging about a work order for every two properties so 1100 properties 550 work orders per month how does that number drop off and you know i want to see those performance numbers myself sure. and look at those metrics because if you're looking at 40% on the HVAC side, that's repair, a pair. That's a huge drop. Yeah, and it's going to make a lot of our guys very happy. Especially during the summer months, where yeah. you see yeah. things really spike. It's always that two-week period where temperatures just jump all of a sudden in the summer, and the calls just start flooding in because the system is so stressed and trying to push air through a clogged filter. That that's where people see a significant drop. And by the way, sure. they just come in at six, seven o'clock Friday night. Everybody's just getting home from work, getting off work, getting, getting off out of baseball yeah. practice, whatever yeah, it is. Oh, I want to make one final point on for the homeowner, the asset owner, okay. that actually connects to something Brian said earlier. Mm -hmm. We expected to, with our property management partners that HVAC costs would go down. We expected okay. utility costs to go down. We'll talk sure. about tenants in a minute. One thing we didn't expect that Brian probably could have told us based yeah. on what he said earlier in the podcast is that renewal rates have gone up. Absolutely. And and that impacts vacancy. Yeah, it does. And the gap between when money stops coming in and sure. when it starts coming in again. And so what we find is if you have 
as an example, 40 tickets per 100 homes, mm-hmm. and you reduce that by 30%, mm-hmm. you're talking about a dozen cases. And if you think about the individual case, it's exactly what Brian just described. Yep. It's 6 p.m. on Friday, and it's 89 degrees outside, despite it being the evening already, and it's emergency maintenance. Yeah. You, you could have somebody out there the next day, and it's not fast enough yeah. for a tenant to really be satisfied. And even if it was their fault because they didn't change the filter, what you will hear residents say is things like, well, isn't that your job? Or I was in multifamily and it was their job then. And now that I'm in single family, is that, you know. Well, and they forget if they were the homeowner and their AC went out, they wouldn't get it done any faster. That's right. That's the thing that blows my mind. But back to your, you know, 30% reduction, 1,100 houses, you know, that's 132 work orders. That's right. So that's crazy. Right. And so it doesn't mean that. If you, if you reduce, let's say, as an example, 70 work orders, right, or okay. prevented from HVAC, <clears throat> sure. it doesn't mean that 70 people would not have renewed their lease, and now they are. No. But what it does mean is call it seven or eight. Yeah, right? it does. Are out, out of those 70 renewing their lease because you've prevented that negative experience mm-hmm. from happening. And it's the number one thing within a property owner or certainly the property manager's control to impact. You can't control whether someone has a job that forces them to relocate or a family issue, something like that. Their, their financial circumstances change, things like that. But within your locus of control is how you're focused on preventive maintenance mm-hmm. and are you optimizing the management of the asset and the property, both for wealth creation sure. and as a comfortable home environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we talked about turn cost. Yeah. Uh, well, we talked about vacancy. So what's associated with that also is the turn cost. Coming. Yeah. So if it's not vacant, push your turn cost off until a vacancy period occurs. So if you're getting two and three renewals out of people, you, you're stretching your dollar much further. You're, you're developing the wealth we talked about. And you're lowering the cost of those maintenance. You're having a positive experience. You can't prevent every negative experience with every tenant. Yeah. But you certainly want to mitigate the amount of, of negative experiences they have. Sure. And if there is a negative experience, jump right on it, own it, you know, make it better. So this is this is definitely a way that we can, you know, we can address a heavy maintenance related topic and turn it into a positive for the homeowner. So now I think, why don't we shift gears? Well, unless you have one, anything to add. One last thing. And I don't, I hate to sound like a broken record, but, but my, my voice, I think in, in here is really to focus on helping the first time person in this situation, the mm-hmm. first time investor right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they hear these numbers, they hear these statistics, they hear words like turn costs, they hear, they, they kind of probably have some idea of what we're talking about here. And they, many of them, might think that I'm silly for even stopping here and just clarifying, but I think it just if they if they have just been drowning us out and and, and if, if they if they get nothing else out of this, I want the first time or or just getting started the rookie investor to realize this service with Filter Easy. What that's going to do is it, it's going to mm-hmm. keep you from losing money. It's paying for you to not lose money, which you will lose money. When you lose a tenant and it has to sit empty, you will lose money when you have to repair an AC unit. You will lose money there, and this is to prevent that from happening with as much as can be prevented through well, management. The, and the beauty of it is, depending on how the management firm sets it up and sure. how they elect to, to bill for this, this service and the product, in our case, you know what we're implementing is that it's built into the rent rate, so the tenant's paying for it. Mm-hmm. So it's no cost to the homeowner. It's only upside for the homeowner. Yeah, that's right. And I, I want to get into that. I want to I get to tenants first, and then I want to come back and, yeah. and kind of finish with the part that's going to, in my 
from the first time that you and I spoke and we were in the conference room talking about it, what's going to blow my mind is, is really the kind of price point. But let's mm-hmm. let's get back to tenants. How how is this how is this affecting tenants? Yeah, and I, let me end with a punchline for the asset owner. I love if, the punchline. If somebody is a first time investor, yeah, they purchase a home, and let's say their strategy is to hold it for ten years, mm-hmm. based on the modeling that we have, the impact whether you use Filter Easy or not. If you're getting the filters changed reliably, call it every two months as opposed to once a year, the impact of that over that 10-year period, it's $1,500 in just the HVAC maintenance alone. If you include the turn and the renewal numbers, et cetera, it's close to another $100 per year annualized over that time period. And so we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars that are staying in the asset owner's pocket Mm -hmm. as opposed to slipping out, right? And Absolutely. Going to the, the maintenance isn't prevented. And we're going to hopefully coach and give investors the ideas and the, and the tools and the know-how to buy into the property well so that it can make them money. Mm-hmm. We're going to make them money, sure, but we also want to keep them from losing money while they're making money because that happens. That's right. And that's what we're here for. So the resident side. The resident side. Well, yeah. What happens? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the resident side. How, how are we making sure that they're changing so what, their filters? Why don't we start this? Why don't we start with from the time it's delivered to the door and just kind of take us through that process, what it looks like from the tenant's perspective. Do we want to do that or do we want to talk from the intake portion first? I just think that's kind of important. How do we know what size they're getting? Good point. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where, where does the size come in? Do we, do we know? Does it, I mean, not all houses have the same Well, that's going to come from either the, the property manager, yeah. the firm, or it's going to come from the, the property owner. So yeah. depending on, and, and by the way, you know, we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later, but it is available retail. Sure. So you can go on uh, and become a client of Filter Easy without going through the property management firm. But mm-hmm. So not 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 my not my investment properties, my own properties where yeah. I have three kids and yeah. two dogs Absolutely. and they're mm-hmm. crazy and I'm like, did we change the air filter? I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, look, <laughs> filter easy's got me covered. Don't worry. So, about it. so I can do that my, my own self. Yeah. So I, I just think I know this guy. I think I it's just important like to kind of throw that out there because it's you know the the show's not about hey you gotta you gotta come sign up with us you know we'd love mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. love to yeah. have you as a client but at the same time the education piece is hey this is something that's available. And uh, if you don't know what's out there, it's just kind of over your head. You don't, you don't even know what you're missing. Right. But this is definitely upside for the investor. So back to the back to the tenant side. Yeah. And uh, let's let's talk through that a bit. So one thing about sizes that's important to know is this is our business. There's thirty nine thousand different filter sizes. It's crazy. Thirty nine thousand, and it's <laughs> it's three hundred and eighty thousand different SKUs when you get into levels of quality. And so, and to clarify what that really looks like, if you take a dozen sizes, that's 60% of the market. So I understand there's a very long tail. But one thing you'll realize about homes is sometimes these builders, when they cut the hole in the wall, you'd like to think it's exactly 20 inches by exactly 20 inches, but sometimes it's 19.75 by 19 and a half. Yeah, I've, or, got, a, I've got a 20, uh, what, 25 by 25 upstairs and it's... Yeah. You know, put the filter in. You got to cram that corner in just a yeah, bit. It's not quite exact, but, uh, but so. And I think we skipped over that. How's there not federal like regulation coming up with this. that? Coming up with that size, coming up with that number. You know, if it's a property management yeah. firm, we talked about this. So when we're doing those intake inspections, when we're doing periodics, when we're doing move ins and move outs, when we're in the property, educating our guys to go in, check the filter size, document it. We use. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but not in this 
podcast, but in another one, we talked about using Z Inspector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and we mm-hmm. we came in and customized a line within Z Inspector so that we would have a requirement to fill in the size of the filter. Yep. And then my PM team comes back. We implement it into our software systems, and then it uploads to filter. And that's that's part. That's one of the really important parts of having boots on the ground in oh. whatever city you're in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. I guess you can go get your real estate agent that's helped you purchase these homes to do it, but I just think that's another notch in the belt of property management and yeah, local just, property you want management. Want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine getting Julie can we go and do that? No. Oh Lord <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. We, we uh, and we've had folks ask, you know, can we get our tenants to report the size? And and the answer to that is, if only ten or fifteen percent of them are changing them, you know, some, something we know is about one out of five people don't even know what an air filter is. Correct. And if you relied on them to report the size to you, you know, you want to think about it this way: that if they report the wrong size, and we were talking earlier about a quarter of an inch, like what what impact does a quarter of an inch have on right sizing a filter? And the answer is more than twenty percent of the airflow will go around the filter if there's a quarter inch gap. And what that means is dust, dirt, particles are going right around it, so right on your I coils. Can't, I can't go eyeball it with my hand and be like, eh. Yep. It's like, it's like eh, tw- tw- 20, <laughs> 22-ish, something. It's like 22 by 25. That's right. Yeah, 22 by 25, that's what I need. <laughs> and so I can't do that. And again, if you buy four different brands of 20, 22 by 25s, they're going to be different. Yeah. There's a nominal size sure. and an actual size. Okay. And so anyways, I say that because people think something as simple as air filters should be simple, but you can see there's a lot of complexity here and it's not really the homeowner's fault or it just has to do with the builders and, and how standardized they sure. are. And, and also the uh, HVAC companies that are uh, making these systems and you know, you would think they would make five to 10 kind of standard sizes, but that's certainly not the way that it's been done. And so it creates a, a level of complexity there where 30% of people cannot go to a local store to buy a filter. 40% of our customers, the reason I say 30 is 40% is our customers that can't go to their local store yeah. and buy their filter, their filter size. And so that's weighted a little high simply because people who can't find their filter size are more likely to come to us since we carry every size. But based on the, the Home Depot data and everything else that we've seen, it's about 30% that can't find their size at a local store, and that's a big barrier. Speaking of the people of Memphis, Home Depot, also that's, here in Memphis. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Like, not just that there's a Home Depot store, which I'm sure uh, there renovation is. Renovation services. The renovation right. services yeah. were here at the Five Star Summit. It's a pretty great event, guys. Make, wanna, sure, make sure that you come next year. I want to say one more thing, I think, before we get into resident benefits. I think this is good to give a little background and context yeah. of what's the resident experience like in changing a filter. And something that's important to understand is some homes – there's really two places you can change a filter. One is at the HVAC system itself. The other is at return vents. Mm-hmm. And something, some things that asset owners won't necessarily think about is where is, the question they want to ask is, where is the ideal place for this resident change of filter? We have property managers in Georgia where they have a lot of crawl spaces. Mm-hmm. And what no, they've yeah, been- we, ha- we have a lot of crawl spaces. Mm. So, and attics, right, is another yep. example. And they're asking, you know, essentially a resident in their lease, go out to the store, buy a filter, come back, and every 30, 60, 90 days. Strap it on your back, low crawl into the crawl space, and change it out. Put your eye black on, your camo, and you're doing the army crawl. And and carry some sort of bug spray or... (laughs) 
That's like right. Creature spray. Who knows what's underneath those things? Bear There's monsters. Is that what you get that? Yeah. Come on. Good <laughs> gracious. I'm sorry. I'm not going. I'm not going to crawl space, guys. This is not going to happen. And that's not a realistic. Uh, I don't think it's reasonable. And, and, well, I think it's important to identify those properties from a management standpoint, sure, or the homeowner standpoint, and and let's be realistic. You don't want your your tenant's not going to crawl into your house to change it out. So just build that into your service package. Same thing with the attic. My not, experience with tenants and attics, they're they're never good. Because and they'll either fall through it. Yeah, have you ever watched Christmas Vacation? Yeah. yeah that, that's exactly <laughs> Or right. you don't even have to have a, a reference from a movie. Just walk in an attic. They're dangerous. That's right. I mean, have you fallen through an attic? I have. I, I actually I have. have. I, have. I, don't, I, have. I don't need a movie yeah, reference. I, I have, and unfortunately, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm knowledgeable about these things, but yeah. I had an alarm blaring. The house across the street but struck my lightning. We're trying to get out of town to go to New Orleans oh, the next God. morning. Just uh, all these bad mojo things all happen at one time. <laughs> I've got cowboy boots on, slip off a rafter, and you know my wife loves to tell that story. So you should ask her sometime. I'm excited to get back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, great story. But the liability, and and that's it. Yeah, because. You know, we can laugh about stepping through a ceiling, but hey, if you step through a ceiling, I mean, I had a rental property with a two-story oh, living God. room ceiling, and a tenant stepped through it and thankfully caught a rafter. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, that could have been very bad, not wow. only for the tenant, but for me as a landlord. Sure. So, and property management company involved for the property manager as well. So, mm. so definitely want to consider that when you've got those specialized cases where... And then when that lease didn't renew, somebody would have to go in there and fix that sheetrock yeah. on well, top the of all thing of you could do, So if you want to prevent that from being an expense to you, so thinking outside the box is you can then move that field replacement to a return. That's right. That they can change out. So it's yeah. not that they have to be in the attic or down in the crawl space. You can make the modification. It might cost you a little bit, but long-term, it's going to be beneficial to you. That's right. Yeah. It, it's funny how if you spent $30 to change a grate so that you could take a quarter and open it up, that's right, you're saving, again, what we just talked about, $1,500, right, yeah. in HVAC expense over the next 10 years. Because, again, the resident is responsible for purchasing the filter. Yeah. At least that's the standard in single-family property management. Yeah. So I think we've we've beaten around the bush. How do, what what happens? What happens? Let's let's well let's where get, are we at? Let's get back to the so that we didn't finish up on the benefit oh. to the resident. Well, that, yeah, because and their experience. That's right. Quality, and their experience. Air correct. quality, utility, cost. We haven't. Well, we haven't even touched those. Air quality, no, yeah. I, not even a little bit. And we've had experience with air quality issues with tenants of our ours. Yeah, and that yeah. that can cause. With air quality issues, that can cause you know respiratory illness. That can just I mean, especially if someone has kids. So let's or, focus on the product you guys provide, and we'll talk about. Uh, I think you said three hundred eighty thousand different SKUs on on the quality side of it alone. Right. So let's focus in on the quality. What you're sure. what you guys providing? Yep. To to the tenant that you're shipping straight to their door. So there's always edge cases, but I would say ninety plus percent of the time. We're standardizing an optimal quality of the MERV-8 filter. And the reason we choose a MERV-8 is because there's, there's two things. And a MERV scale stands for minimum, minimum efficiency rating value. And there's essentially... Thank you for clarifying that. Absolutely. <laughs> if you go, you'll see a MERV scale start from 2 which are your cheap fiberglass filters. That's your 30-day see-through it. And, you know, I can see Jonathan just as clear as something. Yeah, Move it over here. the green ones. You, right. you can pour, we, we do a pepper test where we just pour pepper onto the filter. That's hilarious. And if it comes through onto your hand underneath, 
you know that's a MERV 2, a MERV 4 filter. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and you just want to imagine visible dirt and dust going through the filter into your HVAC system and into the air that you're breathing if you're the resident. Everybody. Brian and Jonathan here. We just want to interrupt and tell you about one of our sister companies, the Birmingham Insurance Group. Cash flow is what matters, and to maximize cash flow, an investor needs their broker to know their industry. Birmingham Insurance Group, aka Big, does just that by specializing in the single family residential rental market with customized products to fit investors' needs. Providing 24 7 online access, you can pay your bill, add or remove properties, issue certificates, and much more, day or night. And best yet, they're available in all 50 states. So don't hold back on buying those rental properties. Reach out to Richard Davis and his team today at BIG and see what they can do for you. You can reach them at 205-616-1107 or online at bhaminsgroup.com. Let's talk about, I mean, you know, a high percentage of our tenants. And I think we're we're near seventy percent of our tenants are pets. Yeah, we're talking mm. about dander, dander, and dog hair, and the cats, and you know all that. So that that adds to it. So if that stuff's passing straight through your filter, ending up on your system, yeah, you know, what, what's that going to do? It's going to oh my gosh, uh, gosh. I don't know. I know you've got dogs. Uh, I've got dogs. Yeah, yeah. I've got dog black cats, but dude, their hair is everywhere. I've got. I bought my wife the best gift I've ever bought my wife, and she'll agree to this. Okay. A, a robotic vacuum cleaner. Okay. She, okay. She sends that. I thought you were going to say vacuum, and, and then it was robotic yeah, vacuum, which so changes the robotic. whole. So that changes that whole vacuum, thing. But this thing's out. You know, the dogs. You know, they they just. I had no mind to move around, but yeah, two black labs. There's a lot of hair in my house, but it gets all vacuumed up daily. Good. So, so I, I find dogs, they, they post up in two spots. One, wherever the sun is coming through a window, they'll lay down in that spot. The other is they'll lie down right next to the air return or wherever the cool air or the warm yeah. air is coming through. And uh, like so, that movement. yeah, if you see, you'll see all that uh, stuff end up in the filter yeah, for on sure. On top of the bin, that's what. <laughs> exactly. That's a cat like, thing. That's a cat thing. Yeah, that's like, a dog thing. Is it? A dog does it. Oh, big, big stuff. My, my <laughs> dog is, he's a mess though. We we don't use him for any metrics because he makes no sense. Yeah, he's crazy. But so we, we don't so need to talk about him. owners out there. So that that's an important piece. And uh, so back to the, the, I don't think we got to the Merv eight. The scale. Sure. The okay. Boards where we left off. So yeah, we're talking Merv two, Merv four at these fiberglass filters. And the fact of the matter is, it, it's just there's two measures for quality of an air filter that you really want to think about and pay attention to to pick the right quality. And one is what is what's called the arrestancy and efficiency of the filter, meaning does it capture large particles and does it capture small particles? Okay. And so essentially is it filtering <laughs> what's coming through? And that's the problem with a low quality filter like a MERV 2 and MERV 4. If we go to the high end of the scale, HEPA filters and, and the MERV 16 and 18 and 20. What, I've heard HEPA, what does that mean? What does HEPA mean? So if you think about a MERV 20 filter, where is this appropriate? A hospital laboratory. Okay. And they might be changing these filters every single day. You're kidding me. It's a very high cost because in a laboratory or a place where you're doing surgery, sure. air quality is, is so critical and important so to yeah. what's going on that you are just going to be very sensitive to that. And so the challenge with those high-end filters for your typical resident is that the other measure of filter beyond is it capturing the particles is what kind of airflow do we have? Okay. And that's measured in pressure drop. 
is the the metric that we use in the filter industry. Okay. And so the problem is the pressure drop is so high that your system is working tremendously hard to push air sure. through. It's essentially a clogged filter already. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I would imagine a, a, a MERV 20 filter is not designed for home use. I no, would imagine so not. It would be, it would be like now. just having a, it would be just like having a MERV 2 just just a piece of plywood with a bunch of lab hair on it. Yeah. Against the return. Oh, and this God. becomes relevant because we see for residents, property managers tell stories and essentially people who aren't educated about these kind of things. When you see, if anybody purchases anything that they're not educated about, whether it's real estate or something else, sometimes they'll just buy the cheapest thing. Yeah, they will. Or the right. most expensive. Or they'll buy the most expensive because they just assume that higher yeah. quality is more expensive. Merv 20 is 10 times better. Than hey. <laughs> yeah, got to put it in. I got to put it in. And it's only eight times as much. So, yeah, that's right. Easy. So That's the answer. I've got babies. <laughs> so we find for residential use the best practice is a MERV 8, and I'll explain when a MERV 10 or 13 would be appropriate. But a MERV 8, what a MERV 8 optimizes for is that ROI point of we're going to allow for airflow but capture particles. Okay. And we're essentially looking at if we're going to have the home as an investment over a 10-year period and we're living in the home, mm. what is the, the filter that's going to optimize for the lowest utility bill, the lowest HVAC expense over the lifetime of the HVAC, and reasonable air quality. Sure. And if you look at that, a MERV 8 is going to be great for 95% of people. When would you have a MERV 10 or 13? And we do this for any of your residents that have a respiratory illness in the home, an okay. asthma, a child with a, a respiratory illness of some kind. That's a nice feature. So we can identify those and they, the upgrade. They identify okay. themselves to you. Yeah. They'll say, hey, well, we do. 5% of the time. Yeah. we're educated about this. We need a high grade filter and a MERV 13 would be totally appropriate for someone like that who prioritizes okay. air quality while still protecting the system and allowing good air That was about to be my, my question is what what is realistically over the life of, let's just say, what is our average lease for, for a long-term tenant? Three years. Three years. Yeah. So in the course of three years with a tenant that is needing a MERV 13, what, what is that actually called? What is that causing the system to do extra? I mean, it's still being changed regularly. It's just... Because yeah, we're talking about in the South and we kind of talked about this when we signed up with Filter Easy. Yep. So we're on a 60-day rotation. Mm -hmm. So instead of a traditional 90, just because of the heat, yep. wear and tear on the units, running so many hours per day to keep the keep the houses cool. Yeah. Right. So but let's say that it's still being maintained and actually changed every 60 days. Yep. So is that actually going to, over a three-year period, over, over one... Because I just, I don't want an owner, an investor to, to worry about, well, maybe we don't need to be leasing to anybody with the with a respiratory no, illness, so which you can't do. Can't do you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's probably discrimination, right? Yeah. You're yeah, there's there's your housing laws that, that yeah. qualify. It's uh, medical. Definitely from a property yeah. management standpoint. <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and say you don't can't do it. Yeah. And I would reassure them to say that that's not, that's not something that's going to create a degree of concern they should be worried okay. about. If somebody's changing a MRF 13 filter, I use a MRF 13 filter in my own home. Sure. And so... So it's just, it's more than anything, just like a, a, a energy efficiency standpoint in this case, not yeah. really a maintenance cost over time. It's very slight. If we're talking about right. what kind of, like just to give you an idea, a MRF 8, you could call it, it's capturing 99% of particles. Okay. If we're looking at a MRF 13, we're going to 99.5. Okay. Right. It, it, I mean, we're talking about something very incremental. They are more expensive. Yeah. If someone's purchasing a MERV 13 at a store, I mean, they're generally costing 20 to $30, you know, a piece. And so 
uh, that's going to cost more than your ten to twenty dollar Merv eight yeah, so filter. Let's, let's talk about the uh, you know the the April Air type filters, the the box types. So, the whole house. Yeah. yeah. So there's still some houses out there. Have you not seen one of them? No, I don't know what we're talking about. So it's like a, uh, a box style filter. You change them out what like every six months, I think. So it's the manufacturer's recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, a whole house air filtration system that goes in in the basically in the return line. as I say it goes yeah. in the return we've actually got a couple houses so we, we own one that actually has two well three because there's one on each system but the, the first time I saw it was probably a decade ago but this, let's talk about that if you have that if you're like what in the world is this thing? <laughs> what it's is like, this yeah. weird if, if I if I were to rent a house for some reason and, and that's what was in it I would have no idea what to do at this point I, yeah, I can we, measure a filter, but well, if I left, open it up and it looks like we left some drive up box. here yesterday, and the guys had one sitting there, but they had to deliver to the office to take out the one of the houses. I didn't yeah. even see it. I didn't even look. I, you know, so here's an interesting, Brian, is is that I'm gonna speak, and and hopefully uh, this doesn't make it to the filter industry, what have you. But I, I would say at Filter Easy, we have we can edit it out if it's, it's too damaged. You can edit it out. All right, good. <laughs> I feel reassured. So, Don't edit this out. So. Here's what I want to say. It's basically just a point of education that we feel the our industry has not done a very good job of and that we're not proud of our industry for how information has been presented to people. And it comes to the point of the main question is frequency of how often does a filter need to be changed? And you will see them label filters as 30-day filters, 90-day filters, and these manufacturer recommendations understand that there's no guarantee or warranty behind that right. saying, yeah, you only need to change it every six or 12 months. And I would actually say it's probably a minimal standard. Is it? From a consumer standpoint, I would think that it's sure. a minimal standard. What we find is this, is that the biggest determinant of how frequently you should change a filter, if you're looking at this from a financial perspective and ROI, it's a matter of run hours of the system. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, you can't tell me that a filter being sold in San Diego, California exactly right. is a 30-day filter, is also a 30-day filter in Birmingham, Alabama. No, it's not. It's just not the case. And in <laughs> fact, to even call the qualities, to me, it's more of a marketing term yeah, of here's how you justify a more expensive filter. Well, and back to the point, is they're not manufacturing equipment and saying, hey, California only, hey, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, you know, it's not the case. And, and you know... Ultimately, the run hours in the South, in the summertime, you're running 20 hours a day minimum. Right. So. I mean, in the wintertime, you're running a good two or three. That's right. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. yeah. So, and and to your guys' point, whether you have pets, how close you live to an interstate, what kind of flooring you have. Live on a dirt road. There's. Oh God. <laughs> there's uh, all. That goes hand in hand with Alabama. Right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Not really. There's lots of factors. <laughs> Stereotype. That's right. <laughs> lots of factors. And so for frequency, people ask us this question all the time, is how do I know the right frequency? And okay. that's something that we do with our property managers is, is here's the data that the EPA has run based on major city metro of average run hours. Sure. And you can use that as a baseline. And if you know that 70% of your residents have pets and things like this, then we, we can fine tune it and tweak it a little bit. But I'll say this from my own personal experience. So I have basically a 3,200 square foot house with two systems. Mm -hmm. I run Nest thermostats and they have the, the smart thermostat technology. So it reminds me to change my air filters. Doing it with a Merv 8 filter every 60 days always beat my reminders. Okay. So, yes. Well, okay. We've had 
a bunch of information here. What, what? Okay, let's let's dial into what is actually happening for the tenant. Like, what, what's going on? What 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 are we getting when we signed up a property? This property now is being handled with filters, which is all of our properties, Brian. But but yeah. So the first what's happening before Andrew starts for me as a consumer, knowing that the filters being shipped to my door. Yeah. I don't have to take off from work and then run by Home Depot or wherever. But run home first to make sure that you have that number right. Well, that's that's up front, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, but you would value, hope the value of not having to take my time yep. to load up in a car, go to the hardware store, get the filter, even if I buy three or four of them at a time, so I have them stockpiled and set my reminders and all all that. It, there's a there's a distinct value there. So the price of the filter, we talked about some of that. We talked about you know your time is worth money. So. Mm-hmm. We're talking to investors now that aren't owner occupants, yep. but from a tenant standpoint, that's that's one value. I don't think we assign a percentage or a value mm-hmm. to it, but really, it's the cost of the filter is very comparable to the rates we're charging them mm-hmm. built into the rent. But then they don't have that inconvenience of the time. And then when you guys are shipping it, I know one of the things you do you, you date stamp it. Uh, you also provide instruction on changing the filter. So there's an education piece there for those, you know, one out of five or whatever you mentioned earlier that, you know, we see the calls in the after hours, transcribed logs. It's like, it's like filter, where's the filter? What is what, what are you talking about? So what kind of filter? Yes. Yeah, so the people don't really know, even though you pointed it out yeah. to the point now where one of our operational changes coming up in the next couple of two months, which what I'm trying to do is come up with tags yeah. on primary things within the house, shut off valves, air filters, gas valves, you know. So I'm going to move in more than post the breaker. Yes. It's here. Hey, look for the red tag. You know, We've tagged everything for you. Uh, and then put the instructions in our after hours. We need to talk about that in best practices, Brian. Yeah, That's a good idea. I like that. Idea. I picked that so, up somewhere. So what's happening here? So so a tenant moves in. It's been 60 days. They don't know where their air filter is. They heard something about it when they signed their lease. You have to change your air filter. Something. They don't know what an air filter is. They well, they're going to call okay, the cool. manager and say, where's the air filter? Because they got this, this box on their doorstep saying, hey. So that's what's happening. They walk out their front door to go to you know to go to go work or to come home from work, and there's a box sitting out in front of their front door, right? Right. So the experience is we've made getting filters changed as easy as opening your front door. Yeah. And when they open their front door. I like that. That's a great tagline. That is a great tagline. <laughs> I was trying to set him up for it because he said it before. When you open your door, there's the box. I'm a professional podcaster, Brian. <laughs> I appreciate the setup. They've got the exact number of filters, size filters, quality, right, Mervade standard. They've got the graphic instructions, which include how to locate the return vent or the HVAC unit. Oh, nice. And their graphic instructions. Because maybe illustration. Right. Yes, because uh, not everyone speaks the same language, sure. et cetera. And so That's a very valid point. It, it, uh, it helps. And what we see is 90% plus are changing it within seven days of receiving that package yeah. and doing it properly. And I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think there are – the moment that I say this, this is going to mean that the opposite of tr- is true. <laughs> it's just – the way the world works. But I don't think anybody is intentionally not changing air filters. That's right. It's it seems to be the only reason that you wouldn't is because the time and and the concern of am I doing the right right one? Am I doing the wrong one? Where is it? It's the time and the know-how. That's the reason that you wouldn't. There's no I cannot fathom someone intentionally not changing one if it was sitting on their front door. But we heard, they opened it and right. here's the graphics we, of how to do it. Sitting on the front door. Yeah. We heard today the mentality of this is where I stay. This is not where I live. 
So there's not even an invested with value that. in the property mm -hmm. and the value of the property and the systems within that property. Sure. So they're not going to go out and get it. Right. Yeah. Even if I stay at 123 Air Filter Street, if that's where they stay, but they still open up the door, they stay there. They open up the door and the filters are there. Yeah, that's I, I a, that's cannot. A game, that's I, a game changer. It's got to be. I can't fathom someone going, I'm just going to throw these in the hallway and never do anything with them. So that, I mean, and this really speaks to the outcome that our business delivers on for property managers is compliance. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've really endeavored to understand this. What are the reasons why somebody wouldn't change an air filter? And I think you're right that most people are not, I think the way you said it was intentionally not changing their filters. Correct. There's really five quick reasons why somebody wouldn't change their filter. One is they don't have their size, right? 30% okay. can't get it. Two, people are just undereducated about what an air filter is. And a big thing, though, is the motivation to do it, right? Yeah. And if, if you put as much friction in the task as people typically have, which is I've got to remember to do it, I've got to go to the store, I've got to find the right size, quality, et cetera, make the right purchasing decision, I've got to bring it back, and then I've got to remember to install it and install it properly, there's a lot of points there, right, where things could go yeah. wrong or, or fall short. And the reason even a small single-digit percentage still fail on our services, somebody opens up their door, brings the box inside, the phone rings, yeah. spaghetti boils over, and all of a sudden it's two months later, another box arrives, and they're like, oh, yeah, right? That's occasionally will happen, but it, it's very small. Yeah. Whereas if somebody buys a box of filters and puts them in the closet, it's out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Their reminder goes off if you set one on your phone, but you're at work when that goes off. Yeah. Do you remember it six hours later when you get home versus that package on the doorstep is the in-hand reminder. They're at home. It's the right time to capture them to trigger the new behavior. And that's really the secret sauce. And, and that sounds service. to me on top of, yes, yeah, some people still aren't going to do it. That's that second catch that's still adding in this. We're still going to, we're going to remind you, which is going to cause those, the reasons that they would miss that first one. So that, that's, again, fixing it. So your, your statistics are, yeah, it still gets missed. But the ones that miss it, pick it up that second month. They might, they right. might miss it that one month, but they're going to pick it up on that second month, which is way better than forgetting for a year that's until right. your periodic inspection comes around and then going, oh, where is the air filter? What is it? What does it look like? So we talked about the time value, and we talked about air quality. So let's get to the let's get to the money portion because there is a money that's, portion. That's the part. To benefit to the tenant. That's the one. That's the one. Let's blow some let's blow some minds here, Andrew. So let's do it. air quality, quick point that I think would be interesting for people to know. Indoor air quality is, according to the World Health Organization, up to five times worse than outdoor air quality. Most people think air quality, they oh, think gross. smokestacks, they think, you know, outdoor air pollution, LA smog, and not indoor but people spend 90% of their time indoors and if you take 20,000 breaths a day you just want to be thinking about is each of those breaths contributing to my health and my vitality or is it taking it away and there's an NCBI study that basically says indoor air quality and we're gonna tie this to money mm -hmm. indoor air quality essentially comes to $78 per resident in car oh, really? quantified cost and that doesn't and that's include medical costs. That's that's. I'm help. talking about people are buying more Claritin. They're going to the doctor more. Oh, good point. I didn't think about the Claritin aspect yeah. of it. Wow. 
because of wow. indoor air quality. That's right. It's seventy eight dollars. I said we were gonna blow some minds, yeah. Brian. I didn't know we were gonna blow hours. And this is why not people should use filters. This is just why people should buy air filters in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blow some minds and blow some noses. That, <laughs> that's good. So so it's seventy eight dollars in hard cost, and that doesn't contribute to what I think everyone experiences, which is some days you wake up just a little more tired, you didn't get as good as sleep. Okay. There's there's personal productivity, and that's harder to quantify. Soft benefits there. If we get to the other hard metrics on dollars, it's really utility cost. Yeah. For the resident. Yeah. And what okay. does that look like? The EPA says five to fifteen percent reduction. And the only other way you can get a double digit reduction is do what Brian's done and install th smart thermostats. Sure. That can you know adjust how much your system is being used over the course of the day when you're not there, etc. That's really the only other way other than regularly changing your air filter to get a double digit reduction. But, and, but that's not a tenant's option. A tenant does not have the option of changing out those systems, but they do have a responsibility filters. to change they the filter. Say it's not, not prohibitive. Not a prohibitive, yeah. You're going to have you put the request in writing. Sure. Likely, landlord, landlord listening is going to say, hey, you're welcome to do it. <laughs> yeah, go Why ahead. don't you leave them while you're, when you're gone, which right. is a reasonable request. I agree. If you're, especially if you're living there two and three times. Yeah. Two and three years, but that's also a good sign that, hey, this resident probably is going to stay. Yeah, they're, they're, this, this isn't where they stay. This is where they live now. That's right. That's right. Okay. So what, what is what is the cost? What is the so what does that come to? Yeah. So if you look at the EPA data on this, and this is so again, this is national averages we're talking about. Single family home, the average annual energy expense is twenty two hundred dollars. Okay. Of that, the largest portion of it is heating and cooling. It's forty eight to fifty two percent, depending on which year you look at the EPA report. So you're looking at eleven hundred dollars a year. So fifteen percent of that. Yeah. Right. You're talking in excess of $100 yeah. a year. If it was 10%, right? If you split sure. the difference, uh, you're looking at that. And we look at, I mean, for homeowners, a reason we have tons of individual consumers is also because if you look at the Home Depot data, the average homeowner yeah. purchases enough filters for two changes per year as an average. Wow. When they should be changing it four to six times. Sure. And so moving that from two times a year to six times a year, we're looking at over a hundred dollars saved, mm -hmm. which and is that covers which the is cost over the cost of the, the filters. So if you go with the national averages and you look at one hundred sixty-five dollars savings, right? Divide is that what that, that, is 12, that, what that fifteen is? Thirteen okay. five a month, so it's almost paying for the service itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. Just, just that that's aspect. where I wanted to get to. Yeah. What is this costing owners or tenants to to have the service in place? What what does it cost them to not? Eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, it's it, that's it's costing you one hundred and sixty-five dollars a year as a tenant or a homeowner right. to not have this service. Mm -hmm. What does it cost them per year to have this service? And that's the the cost without it is not including your health cost, right. your yeah, that's, your that's maintenance just, cost is going to add up. Energy. That's just in energy alone. So so the way we've got it structured is is fifteen dollars per month built into the to the rental rate. Yeah. So it's just absorbed right into the rental rate. You still write your, your rent check, it's covered. Mm -hmm. Tenant gets the value of it, homeowner gets the, the value of it as well. And that, that's that's the way it's we've kind of set up our systems because we, we have them we have it put in the lease and we already have the returns measured so for each one of our properties. Right. That that's measured. So a tenant of ours walks into a lease with that already set up. Right. So but but our listeners don't necessarily have that done. So that's that's what we're talking about here. It's fifteen dollars mm -hmm. per month to have this service. What what is fifteen times twelve, Brian? 
160 180 180 180 dollars a year so he had 165 dollar offset sure just on national average yeah it could be higher in certain areas absolutely and i mean and i i would have liked to have brought up alabama again or yeah. it's the southeast in general sure i know i know my energy costs is yeah way more than that yeah I'm, I was going to say my bills are much more than twenty two hundred. Absolutely, they are. Uh, and, and the nice thing is, we got to throw in Boise some somehow. <laughs> that's right. So some places you might be changing it quarterly, and your monthly cost comes down. Sure. You know, and, and that's just that's where we can provide the kind of information and expertise to somebody of here's the right frequency for your market to get the right ROI for everybody, where mm-hmm. this makes sense for everyone, and everyone's making out as best they can. Yeah. But you know, an important point is basically the whole cost is covered on the on the utility expense. Not to mention the convenience. They would be having to do this anyway and going to the yeah. store to purchase these and the air quality benefit. So it makes sense for the resident to do it. The other thing is you don't want to take the cost and liability away from the resident and transfer that to a different party. There's okay. there's another reason to do that, right. which is even if somebody has something, we were talking earlier about a crawl space. Mm-hmm. The, the way I feel, what I see property managers doing as a best practice is not saying, we're going to take on this cost and this responsibility. What they express to the resident is they say, hey, it's your responsibility to ensure the air filter gets changed now. So you know it's in a hard to reach spot. And let's say they had eight floor vents or something and we couldn't just change out the doing it at the return. Okay, so we're going to have to change out the system in this hard to reach spot or an attic, what have you. That's just what it is for this property. Mm-hmm. What they can do is hire you, the property manager, to, go to up come there. out and do it for them. And that's really the way that you'd want to do it versus taking on the responsibility and liability of it getting changed. Because obviously, let's say if for scheduling purposes, something doesn't match up and all of a sudden the HAC unit's going out, now who's liable, Yeah. right, if you've taken that on. And you want to make sure that's the resident's responsibility always and they get the biggest benefit as far as if you add that health quality, utilities. And keep in mind that the HVAC costs we're talking about we're talking about the cost that's due to their negligence. So we know in reality that it's probably going to fall on the asset owner, that that's Mm -hmm. just hard money to get from the resident, especially after move out. But in communicating to a resident why they would want to do this and why it's a great value to them, the the fact is this hundred plus dollars a year in preventive maintenance is also potentially on them. Hundreds or thousands of dollars in repairs that they could be held liable for that you're helping them eliminate in the easiest way possible. Yeah. And so that's why, I mean, I want to say this with an asterisk, but I'll just say 99% to cover my base. 99% of our partners keep this as a cost on the resident. Really? That's pretty great. Yeah. That's a great point. Do do we have any, Brian, do you have any uh, kind of follow-up to kind of let's wrap this up, last last minute wrap-ups? What what are your thoughts? Aside from, I mean, it, it doesn't make, in my opinion, I think the first time we spoke, we were you were over the phone or, or Skype. That's right. We, we were in the conference room, and the first time I heard of the service, to me, uh, it just seems like such a no-brainer. In that, like, okay, well, nobody's losing money here. There own there's only a win for every side associated with it. It's it's a win for the property manager, a win for the homeowner, a win for the tenant who's paying for it, but they're still saving money with it. Don't forget us, man. It's a win for the property yeah, manager. So. I think that That's was right. the first or yeah. second one was I said, or at least I meant to. Either way, it's <laughs> it's a wins. win for everyone. It it, I, I can't see a reason why every person that owns a home with an air conditioning system isn't already one of your clients. Like It doesn't make sense to me that, that they aren't. Yeah, so 
just my I mean, my wrap up point. So great great summation of all all those benefits. So my point, you know, I brought up that you can be an individual retail client, mm-hmm. a filter easy property management firms or clients a filter easy. I'll let Andrew elaborate on that a little bit if he needs to, but also real estate investment trusts, talk about hedge funds, some of these style events. So they've got a great and, and diverse just client base yeah. service. And we're talking about thousands upon thousands of houses. So not new to the game. You guys, uh, I, I would just say that I've known uh, Andrew and Thad and company for several years now, if you know yeah. them. And, uh, yeah, so just great guys. I mean, they're they're a pleasure to be around and, and do business. They're very. Uh, I mean, the man is wearing an elephant suit. <laughs> he is wearing an elephant suit. How do you not like a guy? Who I mean, he's wearing suit? an elephant suit. He's not dressed as an elephant. I need <laughs> no. you listeners to understand. Yeah. He's not dressed as an elephant. Although that would have been hilarious, <laughs> been and we would have recorded it. <laughs> but he is in a suit covered in elephants. Elephant great. With, with a tie covered in elephants. Elephant? So, are you not even wearing elephant socks? So I've right? got to address this because I feel like people are going to be wondering why, why elephants. Yeah, I, I need to know this too. So other than the fact of roll tide, I'm just going to throw tide. that out there. I'll deal with it. We're all good on this side. I'll deal with it. So if you're in if you're in America and you don't understand what's happening, you don't watch college football, <laughs> and I get that. But this is a very contentious point between Brian and I. We'll it's deal a with it. Very southern thing, very Alabama. It's actually Southeast Conference. So I'll deal with it. One of these days. Yeah. I, I'm a Vanderbilt fan for anyone out there who's a new party as well. I think we did not we failed to win a basketball game in the SEC this year. It's, it's that's, right. that's Vanderbilt sports. Also pretty well. But anyway, we joke about the roll tide thing. The real purpose of the elephant is people say elephants never forget. And I really thought that's where you're going. Man. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Tenants, I guess we could say 85-90% of them in Brian's experience. Tenants always forget. <laughs> uh, and I would just say people always forget. Yeah. People are, are busier and more distracted now than ever before. Yeah, I think and everybody's always been busy. I think the distraction point is extremely high right now. So That's right. There's just there's so many uh, little things. Technology in our lives has created all sorts of exciting possibilities, but also I think uh, it's difficult for people to focus when they've got entertainment one click away in their pocket and get things done in a disciplined way and air filters is just not nobody wakes up thinking my life's purpose is to make sure my air filters are changed today that's true and so what we do is we put preventive maintenance on autopilot and ensure that people don't have to keep rediscovering their commitment to purchase filters remember what right size quality etc that all of that is just put on autopilot for them so it's, some, it's one less thing to do. It's one less thing to think about. And that's the benefit to property managers, property owners, residents across the board, the thread that goes through it all. And so the core question is whether somebody would work with us or not, whether they're an individual homeowner for their own house, they're an investor, they're a property management company, is essentially that. Do they want one less thing to think about? And who do they trust to get this done? Do they trust the elephant guys, right, who never forget and always deliver, mm-hmm. or do they oh, trust their residents? Deliver too. Dang. Do they trust their residents to do it? And, and who you want to trust to make that decision and set up that system is really going to be probably the motivating decision of whether to work with us or not. Great point. That's really great, man. That is a great way to end great this. Right. Where where can they find Filter Easy? Where can where can the listener here 
How can they get in yeah, touch with you guys? They want to sign up for service. Absolutely. Sure. Give yourself a little shout out here. Get, get these people <laughs> a place to find us, right? Yeah. yeah let, let's do it this way. What if we What if we did this whole thing, gave them all these benefits, and then we were just like, ha You can't have them. It's the best kept secret. That's right. Secret sauce, right? <laughs> so let me give people a couple ways to connect. One is if email is easy for you. You can go to andrew at filtereasy.com. I may not be the best person to help you, but I will certainly direct you to the proper person who can help you. And uh, you can also go to filtereasy.com, our website, and uh, either immediately sign up for service and you can get your first shipment free for your own home if you want it for your own personal house. If you want the expiration dates and the lease language and actually want, want all the things that make it work for a rental portfolio, the best way is to email us or submit an inquiry on that website. That's great. That's great. And uh, so you, you got another nugget to get a first delivery for free. That's awesome. Did you catch that? I did. I did catch right. that. I, I caught that. And uh, the rest of you guys, if y'all want to reach out to Brian or myself, that are that's always at uh, ahiproperties.com. You can email us. We're yeah, we're on there. To contact us, bottom of every page, just fill out a form and just shout out to us. Absolutely. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week from Memphis. I guess we are signing out of here, guys. All right, thank Jonathan, Andrew. Thank you so much, Jonathan, uh, Brian. You guys are true professionals. It's always a privilege to talk and uh, thanks for the time. Hey, thank you so much. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.